This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Franco Pesop here. And of course, he is the managing director of that bus company called Podco. And of course, that particular bus company is a public passenger transport or is in the public passenger transport sector. I'm not even going to read you an intro because I'm going to bring you, Franco, into the conversation. Franco, you were, you were having fun last week and you were in a, in, a, in a different state of mind and mood last week as well because you were, you were basically suspending uh, transport and, and so many people were going to be in need of it. And, and are you in a better place this week, Franco? Well, good evening to you and to the listeners. Sure, man. I, I would say not in a better place. We, The commuters are in a better place, which is the most important thing for us as a transport operator and because mm. we have to serve the public. Mm. Uh, a better place will come in, I uh, probably think, in the next couple of weeks once we negotiate proper contracts with mm. the the Gauteng Department of Transport, which hasn't happened in the last 21 years, and we're hoping to achieve that in the near future. Sure. Uh, l- let me let me start off with 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 where we had a, a a problem last point last time around. I said Pisapia, and you said something like Pisapia, and 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 is it Pisapia? It's Pisapia, like in Pisa the Tower Pia. of Pisa, P- like in the Tower of Pisa, yeah. and then Pia. <laughs> Pisapia. That's right. Pisapia. Like 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 I'm like I'm about to say pizza and then I'm just changing my mind. <laughs> Something like that, yes. Peace up here. So so right. Franco, let, let's let's just get stuck into those those particular um uh conversations then with of course the MEC and the Premier. And and you say negotiating back better contracts in the coming weeks. Um so what what ultimately happened was money was going to be in your bank account on the Monday, but seemingly, you know, Panyaza Lesufi, you know, um, intervened and there was suddenly a meeting the next day or the next day on the day after and all sorts of things were beginning to happen. And the premier then has a press conference whereby he says, you know, sorry for all the things that would have happened. But of course, we are looking at longer term contracts and longer term engagements with, you know, the, the, the businesses as well. So, you know, did you did you ultimately then have joy in and around that particular issue where the money is concerned? Let's start with the money for the diesel. Um, that that was that was an, an issue last time around just to get this particular issue off off the conversation. Everything in that particular regard sorted, whereby the the. Um, sort of monies that were then supposed to come in for whatever month it was, month in advance or a month, you know, uh, 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 past, those particular monies, they they were paid, those levies were paid, everything is done, the money is in your bank account, you can carry on until these new contracts are signed and you'll be in a better place. I think let, let me put things into perspective, uh, into perspective. Unfortunately, yes, we were not able to continue and that's why we had to suspend our services because we did not have uh, the service provider for fuel being able to deliver fuel because mm. the department had not paid, the transport department had not paid the due subsidies when they were due. Yeah. And uh, what happened was we had uh, extensive discussions to which a letter from the department was issued to us, mm. which then during that course of those discussions, I managed to discuss 
matters with our service provider for the fuel mm-hmm. to be able to deliver fuel the very next day uh, in a couple of hours in order for us to be able to, in the same day that we were negotiating, mm-hmm. sorry, uh, so that the services could continue the next day. Mm-hmm. So, yes, unfortunately, they were late. They were, the monies only came in on Monday as they had uh, initiate in, uh, they had said, mm. but I had managed to uh, negotiate together with the province uh, a letter that mm. uh, was given to the service provider to provide fuel. But that that is not the... I think we need to separate the two issues. Obviously, mm. the issue is the one of uh, late payments from the Department of Transport at various given times of the year, mm. as well as the underfunding of the contracts. And the next aspect is obviously the new contractual arrangement that the Premier had said uh, we are busy engaging with and we need to finalise those ASAP. Sure. Let's, let's, let's go with late payments then. And I, and I want to deal now with, with the three things that you've just put on the table. I've got so much to ask you, but let's just deal with the three things you put on the table. Late payments, as in it's been a regularity that, of course, uh, you, you're suggesting that just those just are not paid on time and don't come to you on time. And so your things have to have to park as well and you can't pay for diesel. What's the arrangement in, in that particular case? Is it a month-to-month basis on which, you know, government has to then pay, you know, uh, these due subsidies to you? Or I would have assumed it would have been a longer-term thing, you know, uh, a year, three years, five years maybe in advance where where these things would have been worked out. But seemingly it's it's almost, and, and this was what I was now leading to believe, that some of these things are on a month-to-month basis. I think your your understanding is uh, to some extent correct. The problem is that the transport industry, not only just for Patka, specifically the Gauteng province, mm-hmm. there's been problems for the last 21 years, to be exact. Yeah. And many of the transport companies have been operating on a month-to-month contract with no longevity to be able to plan their fleets. Mm-hmm. And uh, payments are supposed to be paid, uh, unfortunately, 30 days, uh, let me say 28 days in a year of the services that are provided. And unfortunately, the rate at which one gets paid in terms of the rate per kilometer Mm -hmm. is uh, the the, the least amount of any public transport operators, if you compare it to the BRT systems and including the car train system in in Gauteng uh, itself. Mm. Uh, just to put it into perspective, I mean, the Gauteng services, if they, the less passengers they carry, the more subsidy they get. And in fact, we don't operate in the same manner at all. Mm. We are actually penalized. Mm. So, okay, I get that. And, and, and I get the, the Gauteng system, and it's a good example of what you what you brought. Underfunding of contracts, and 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 I suppose this is this is in relation to the contracts being you know in 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 existence for so many years. Or what mm. what what is what is an understanding of an underfunding of a contract? Well, the understanding is that in fact, uh, correctly as you've said, that they've been in 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 place for so many years. So the yeah. base rate of these contracts were established in 1997. Mm. So therefore, uh, even the escalation formulas that were in place in these contracts do not cater for 
the inflationary and other cost factors such as fuel, et cetera, et cetera, mm. including the fact that in the escalation formula on a year-to-year base contained a 15% efficiency factor. Uh, so if you look at the efficiency factor of 15%, mm. from 1997, the contract should have only lasted for seven years, and then you'd have to have a new contract in place because okay. you cannot have a contract which is more than 100% efficient. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously what happened is in 2009, the government decided to change the uh, subsidy regime in terms of paying instead of a ticket-based system on a kilometer-based system. And they in fact reduced the subsidies by 17% in that particular atom mm-hmm. with the promise of uh, renegotiating, the con- renegotiating the contract in 2009 within three years, so that in 2011, all bus companies in Krateng would have a better contract regime, which never happened. Mm. Okay, so, so you're, you're, in a, you're in a place now where new contracts, or, or, or at least looking at those contracts, and, and you, can, you can at least now have old things renewed, and new contracts need to be signed. The MEC then is also on the table, and she says the, the new contract uh, sort of the new contracts need to be aligned with expectations and capture and capture to commuters needs. And, 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 and I'll go on with what she keeps on then saying in that particular statement that was then released. She says, and, 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 you know, I read particularly between the lines sometimes she says, you know, expectations and capture commuter commuters needs. And then she carries on to say commuters do not have, you know, to continue to bear the brunt of unreliable bus services. And this is within the, sta- the same statement within a Putco bus, you know, statement that's being released. Is, is she trying to tell you or tell us something about the way she couches a particular language in, in relation to the new contracts that need to be signed? Well, I, th- I think the, the, the point is this, in terms of service delivery, service delivery has suffered because of the old contract regime. Mm-hmm. And, um, <coughs> excuse me, it's affected the, 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 the passenger experience, let me put it this way. Mm-hmm. And in order for the passenger experience to be of the correct standard that it should be, mm-hmm. uh, the contract rates and, and tenure and conditions of contract need to be um, sincerely improved, mm-hmm. let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I use the word sincerely because it's, a, it's an important term to use in this context because ultimately we are an extension of government. Mm. So we need to sincerely understand the needs of the public. Mm. And that has not been the case in the last, uh, as I say, 15 to 21 years. Mm. Uh, and we need to address those issues. And uh, unfortunately, whilst... Uh, there may be a will to do so. We need to find a proper mechanism mm. to do so together with national government as well as the provincial government mm. and municipalities. I suppose uh, when, when, Premier, when the Premier Panyaza says, you know, um, you, you need also to replenish your, your, your stock with new fleet, mm. he's talking about exactly that. That, absolutely. And in fact, you know, just to put things into context, Patco in the last... 24 months has been trying to do that. We, in fact, every single month we put in 15 to 20 new buses into our fleet. But mm. unfortunately, that's not enough. Mm. It's not enough because uh, 
uh, a company like Patka needs to introduce at least 200 buses per annum minimum or 250. Mm-hmm. And we've only started to do that in the last 18 months, let me say this, under severe circumstances which do not allow us to be able to provide the service in terms of the obligations of the contract in a shorter time possible, unfortunately. Mm. Sure. So, so Panyaza says you showed him documents, and, and this is when he, he's now talking in the press conference. Panyaza Lesufi says, you know, you, you, you as the bus company showed him documents, I suppose, showing him your, your financial statements. And he says we were quite shocked also as to mm. see the state of, of whatever. So you were pretty open, I suppose, in, in those conversations to show him that, you know, your bank balances didn't speak to, 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 to you know, the, the kind of expectations maybe that they were, they were wanting. Let me, let me ask you this, that, that whole uh, uh, negotiation, salary negotiation recently of, mm. of a, I think it was bus sector signed a 7% pay increase deal with, with what was it, 35,000 workers in the, in the industry. Um, you've, you've recently had to comply with that as well. So um, that bank balance that you would have shown, Panyaza Lesufi, would have, would have had to have reflected that as well. Absolutely. And, uh, and you're quite correct to refer to those uh, the wage negotiations, which is the you know, bargaining council. We belong to a bargaining council. Mm. And it afforded everybody a 7% increase, even in which Patco and the company could not afford that. As you know, in the past, we've... We've asked for exemption on that because our, our financials and our balance sheet do not show the possibility to do so. And in fact, mm-hmm. we made that quite clear. You know, we made it quite clear and we made it, we were quite open, in fact, in our discussions to say that uh, our, the status of our bank balance could not allow us even to continue for one more day. Mm. And it, it's, it's, it's very unfortunate, you know, that... Uh, um, Public service has to be disruptive in this instance, like mm. it was. Uh, and we really do not wish to have this again. Like I mm. explained in my discussions with the Premier, it's the first time in 76 years that this has happened. Mm. And it should not happen. Mm. Franco, explain the, 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 the subsidies part uh, of of a business, you know, and and I want to relate that because I think when you begin to look at the financials, and part of part of the, the 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 realization also is that quite a few bus services have have you know not even you know in in a last couple of years, but just recently almost, you know, if you just take the last year. A lot of bus services have been falling by the wayside, you know, mm. not not making it, and a, and a lot didn't make it through COVID as well. You made it through COVID, and and now you're also saying you're feeling the pinch of of a lot of other things. So a lot of, you know, many bus services, you know, th- threw in the towel. Exactly. How yeah. how does the how does the subsidy work, and for what is the subsidy exactly, and 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 you know how how does that get into you know the 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 passenger who's sitting in that particular seat of one of your buses? How does that particular subsidy impact on that particular individual? Uh, I think that's a very pertinent and important question that you've asked. The subsidy is uh, in place to ensure that. Uh, all the passengers who utilize, uh, pub, let me say, Patco buses or public transport mm-hmm. have a ticket uh, price which is commensurate in terms of uh, their uh, earning capacity 
Uh, in fact, the white paper on public transport said a, per- says a person should not spend more than 10% of their take-home pay mm. uh, on public transport. And the case is definitely not like that today. It's nearly 40% mm. of the take-home pay is paid for public transport, which is unheard of anywhere in the world. Okay? Mm. So government really needs to make more funds available for that kind of operation and that kind of service which is, first of all, safe, reliable, and affordable. And unfortunately, they have not kept up with that particular situation. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's because um, the provinces use the notion that the grant that they get from the, let me say, the national purse Mm -hmm. or the treasury via the treasury department through to the National Department of Transport, the provinces believe that that's the only funding that is available for public transport, but legally, mm. it's not the case. The, mm. the, each province is supposed to make their own provision and allocation or budget for public transport, which, uh, because the public transport grant is a supplementary grant. Mm. And if you look at some of the other provinces, such as the Western Cape, they have not experienced the kind of problems that uh, Gauteng has experienced in terms of funding for public transport operations, which mm. is not correct, unfortunately. And it's a very difficult environment to operate. Mm. And uh, you mentioned something previously in terms of replenishment of buses and things like that. And that affects that service delivery. <clears throat> mm. So so ultimately, you are saying that every single person who ultimately gets onto a bus or buys a ticket, right, has mm. that ticket subsidized, and that's the understanding of that that due subsidy that's that's applicable. Um, absolutely, ab- absolutely. The, and, the, the subsidy is not for the bus company. Bob. Yeah, the subsidy is for the passenger. Absolutely, and, and that's and that's why I'm making that particular distinction and yeah. saying every single person who sits on one of your seats, that particular individual is subsidized. And that price of that particular seat is being subsidized. Correct. Absolutely. Sure. Diesel. And and the diesel price over the last couple of years, particularly over the last couple of years, and I'm thinking it's sitting at what? Twenty Rand some odd now. There was a point where everybody was saying, buy a diesel vehicle and stay away from petrol and you'll be you know, you'll save a lot of money. That's not the case these days. And you're you're burning up a lot of diesel in essence. With the price that it that it is, and and I think from the conversation I had with you last last week, those particular figures are not are not figured in or not pictured in into the into the kind of price that you're paying for for diesel. Those contractual uh, agreements that you have are not, you know, it's not figured in into the price of what you're paying now for for diesel. How how is how is that particularly impacted, and and is that something you're bringing to the table with with of course the MEC and with Panyaza Lesufi, so that all the numbers begin to looked at the subsidy, of course the due subsidy, but also the price of diesel and all sorts of other things that that impact. Uh, I I would assume, and I want to get to that also, the taxi industry would also I su- I assume you know impact. Your, your routes and or you know the kind of revenue you make but let's just start off with the with the, give us a give us a picture of the diesel impact on your business um, the in terms of the diesel impact uh, in the last two years diesel has gone up 110 percent yeah and the actual point that you're making is that the 
The subsidy is not commensurate in terms of the increases of fuel to that extent. And just to give you an example, subsidies last year went down by 0.043%, mm. which is contrary to any logic uh, when I say that that's the public transport operating grant from a national level. It's contrary to any logic, including the normal CPI. So it just shows you how out of sync Treasury, National Department of Transport is out of sync in terms of the realities of public transport. So, Franco, give me, give, give, what's the what's the reasoning for a subsidy to go down and not up? I I would assume with all escalating costs, you know that 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 per per person per seat environment would just increase. What what's the logic? And I'm trying to understand it here, uh, as as you you know put the information forward. What's the logic for a subsidy to decrease instead of increase when you've got you know. All, all your costs being flagged as higher and higher and higher. Uh, and you, I want to say your question is very pertinent and very valid. And it's the same question we pose to Treasury. How is it that the national purse can uh, recognize a negative increase in terms of an operating grant mm. from national department? But I want to reiterate again that the, the grant that the, what the provinces get from the national purse mm. is only a portion yeah. of the subsidy that should be paid to public transport operators. Provinces yet, need to make their own plan. Yes, each province and the only province, one of the only provinces, Gauteng, mm. does not want to acknowledge that. And uh, it's a point that is, is, is being tested even legally in terms of the fact from opinions from senior councils, etc., that the province is the primary source of funding for uh, public transport. And then they get a supplementary grant from uh, uh, the national purse in terms of, let me say, the uh, demarcation or the, the provincial allocation, let me put it this way, mm. that each province should get. And unfortunately, Gauteng has failed to acknowledge that. And they're trying to, unfortunately, restrict all public transport operators, not only Patka. I want to make it clear. Mm. We, when I speak, I speak for the industry as a whole in Gauteng. Yes, Patka is a player of which, um, let me say, the, the head of that company. Mm. But the fact is it affects all the operators. And some operators stopped operating even before us. Mm. And some operators are not even operating yet, you know, today. Mm. And uh, it's really affected, the, in fact, the public as a whole, because, uh, you know, public transport, bus public transport is supposed to be the most efficient and affordable way to get to work and come home. Mm. But having having said that, uh, don't you have a new man at the helm who's bumping into new things and and looking for new solutions? And you know, your meeting with with him last week would have would have given you some sign of you know some some sign of hope that you know as he bumps into some of these problems, he begins to solve some of those problems. Absolutely, and and I want to say we're very confident about that. We 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 uh, very confident and optimistic, and in fact. Uh, Patka is an operator, let me say, probably the, the biggest operator in Gauteng, have expressed our willingness and, in fact, our desire to conclude those negotiations in the shortest time possible in order for us to be able to deliver what the public deserves. And, and we've said that openly in our discussions, in our marathon discussions the other day. 
uh, with the MEC and the the, the uh, Premier. Unfortunately, we have some officials in the department who have different agendas, and they've they've treated the situation as being even now our situation not to not able to operate to say we're against the new contract regime that they're trying to uh, negotiate and that there's nothing further from the truth than that, including their own, uh, let me say, um, spokesperson of the department is accusing us of being uh, uh, dishonest by saying that our financials, we can afford to continue, and that's not true. Sure. Um uh, Franco, let me let me just take a, a voice note that's coming through. Um, that's that's asking a particular question. Also on this particular, let me let me see what the voice note says. I I think it's got a question to you, uh, Franco. No problem. Good evening, Denzel. A question to Pisabia. My ticket from Wamslanga to Centurion cost me one thousand four hundred and eighty. So if he says I'm subsidized or they are getting a subsidy from government. At what percentage or, or how am I subsidized? Sure, and that's the question there. Let me just take Lucas also. Lucas has just come through on, in Centurion as well. Lucas? Yes, Denzel, how are you and I'm, your guest there? I'm good, Lucas, and I'm sure... Yes, I'm, I want to hear from the guest there. Are they, when they do this price determination, did they check the level of the people that are using their work, their work. Because at, if you look at people that are utilizing this transport of PATCO from mm. Pumalanga, majority of them, they are working as domestic workers, gardeners, mm. construction sector, mm. security. And you look, it's not affordable for them. You look, the guy who was asking now, mm. I think he's, he's, at, he's at the right point. People are, it's about affordability now. If they talk about subsidy, can he explain to us, please? Because most of the people are very stressed, man. Their coffers are, they can't afford. I mean, it's, they are stretched financially. It's, yeah, it's very difficult. They make life difficult for, a, for, the, for those passengers from that part of the world. Thank you. Sure, Lucas in Centurion. Franco, you know, it's, it's one of those things, Franco, where, you know, you, you've, got to, you've got to put your, 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 your price up. Uh, you've got to have a number in mind. You, you, mm. get a, you get a particular subsidy from government. Mm. That, that would ultimately combine to a particular number. Uh, the, the two questions almost are one of the, the you know, talking they, to that. The two questions and, are one in the same. And they talk to that thing that you talked about, affordable public transport that you need to give to people who really, really are in the economy who can't afford. And and I think that's the bigger picture here. Also, can you just speak to all of those things combined? Absolutely, and I, and I'm happy to do so. And they, those are very important questions that are being asked because uh, people would ask the question: Government is supposed to help the the, the public mm. to have a more affordable transport system, and in fact, the the difference is not uh, uh, allowing that to happen to the extent that they're not subsidising the passengers to the extent that they should. Mm. Uh, like I said to you previously, the white paper said on public transport, said that a person should not spend more than 10% of his disposable income mm. on public transport, and that's not the case. Mm. It's purely because the subsidy to the passengers has not kept up with the increasing cost, inflation, etc., etc. 
And in this case, in Gauteng, it's specifically because the province does not want to uh, make the primary budgeting process for public transport, which they're supposed to do. To answer the, the, the question in terms of what percentage yeah. the subsidy should be, in fact, the gentleman is correct. His ticket is far too expensive. In fact, his ticket price should be probably 30% less than what he's paying now mm. because the Department of Transport is helping, should be making good on a better subsidy regime. And and it's absolutely correct that commuters are, um, let me say, complaining. And just to make an example, Patka should have put up their fares in the region of about 53% to com- to compensate for the effect of fuel. And we were trying to do that in August last year by increasing by 19%. Yeah. The province said, no, don't increase, and we agreed. And they said they would then make good in terms of an extra rate per kilometer in terms of subsidy, which never, ever happened. And then we had to ultimately put a 19% increase uh, in our normal uh, period of increase, which is far in excess of what should have been increased. And and we're clear on that from a particular point of view. But... Uh, ultimately, other bus companies surviving or not. And, and just to make an example to you, uh, Patka has in fact subsidized the government in this last financial year from uh, April 2022 to the end of March 2023 by approximately nearly 200 million rand just on the fuel price. Mm. And uh, that is why we have no reserves. You know, we've depleted all our reserves, and, and uh, it's it's a very, very, very dire situation, not only for Patka, including other operators in, in Khatin. So so here's, here's the argument then that, that I'm hearing you say. You, you're saying that, that's, that that particular ticket of, a, of around 1,500 rand is already expensive, but, yes. if it, but if it were left to you, you would ultimately you would ultimately have to charge two thousand five hundred rand if you were not already you know if you did not get any particular subsidy. So you're saying, you know what, to to the particular caller, you're getting you're paying that one thousand five hundred rand based on the particular subsidy that's being applied to us, and so and so the the, the ticket then is one thousand five hundred rand, and that takes into consideration the subsidy. But had there not been a subsidy, that ticket would maybe be two thousand five hundred rand. And if there was not, and if there, if if there were market-related prices to all of this, you might be paying three thousand five hundred rand for all of that. And and so it's the subsidy that makes all the difference in the price of the ticket. Ultimately, is that what you're saying to that to that to that caller as well? I'm saying that yes, to an extent. And in fact, I'm saying. To the extent that the 1,500 odd rand that they're paying, they should not be paying 1,500 rand. Yeah, no, they, no, no, they, true. They should be paying maybe 1,100 rand. Yeah, and the and subsidy should be making up the rest of it. Yes, and and it should be on the same basis that you are having a subsidy for other modes of transport, such as Ria Via and the car train. I mean. It just is not not nonsensical that you have um, sectors of the public 
which are using first, let me say, first world transport, such as Gautrain, getting subsidized more than the people who deserve it more, such as people, you know, the, the, the people who use public transport to go to work, to earn a living and come back, including the domestic workers, like the gentleman was saying from, mm. from Mpumalanga, because that's absolutely the case. Mm. What we are doing here is we are subsidizing the rich instead of subsidizing the poor. Do you have a broad uh, estimate of what that subsidy is for that particular seat that he was talking about, his monthly seat of about 1,500 rand? Do you have an idea of the subsidy at the moment that would come into play and how much that particular ticket would be subsidized? And and here's yeah, a di- and, I, and, I do. Uh, That's approximately the, sub- the ticket is probably subsidized today, about 45%. 45%. But it should be subsidized far more than that. No, no, no. I get, I get, I get the the fact that you argue that it should be subsidised even more. But you're saying the 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 average subsidy is about forty five percent of that yes. particular ticket already. Yes, but that remember is based on an uh, on an old form of escalation formula, mm. which does not take into the weightings of the current state of the economy, because those escalation formulas were developed in 1997, and those weightings in terms of CPI, labor, and fuel are still based on those factors in 1997, plus a 15% efficiency factor. Mm. And then they they are also governed by the fact that you're under the Division of Revenue Act, which is the DORA Act, and it comes in the form of a public transport operating grant, which bears no resemblance in terms of the escalation per annum of the actual financial impact of the current conditions of the day. For example, to say to you that last year the escalation went down, the the, the grant went down by 0.043%, and this year it's only 4%. Sure. So... Are you saying, based on the negotiations that would come up in the next two, three weeks, or maybe a month, and and as you put your figures and you decide and you you know you you begin to talk about the subsidies, the 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 argument there on that particular table is that for the person who is paying that one thousand five hundred rand per ticket, yes. if the realities of today and the economies of today were taken into consideration and the price of the diesel was taken into consideration as well, mm-hmm. that particular person realistically is looking at a ticket of 2.5 thousand rand, 3 thousand rand realistically if nothing happens. Yes. Wow. Because that's what I was just deducting from our, our conversation at the moment because it's, it's as hard as that then. Uh, yes. That if those negotiations don't get to a point whereby there is an understanding, then all of these other things come into play, and you have to charge a a a a, a market related costing to somebody who, Absolutely. like 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 one of the callers says, doesn't 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 and can't afford that particular money. Absolutely, and and and, and to me, it's it it is is nonsensical you know, for what we're trying to achieve in terms of the economic factors of an individual. And uh, everywhere in the world, there's a commensurate subsidy, which is based on uh, proper, let me say, understanding of the uh, 
financial indicators or the economic indicators on every single year, not based on arbitrary figures that is being applied at this moment in time. Mm. Yeah. So, so um, the taxi industry, um, and and yeah, I've, I see the time we've got left, and I've got so many questions. The taxi industry, Franco, how how does that impact you at all? You know, and 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 I and I have an understanding of how the taxi industry works, their routes, their particular pricing, and how they do that, and when they increase and when they don't. And and you know, there's there's always the tension between a bus service and 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 you know, and somebody in a in the taxi industry. Um, is there is there a workable relationship that actually happens, you know, on the, on that particular front? Well, let me let me say this. I think it's a very pertinent question you're making, and mm. we do collaborate with the taxi industry, irrespective of what maybe the perception is in the public and things like that. Mm. The taxi industry has their place. They mm. have their place. The bus industry has their place. The train sector has their place. Mm. They need to all work in, in, in conjunction with each other. Mm. And if it's done in, a, in, a, in an orderly manner in terms of a public, pro- proper integrated public transport network, which is we've been asking for for many, many years, these things can happen and they should happen. You need all field modes of transport to work in cohesion with one another. Because one mode of transport cannot deal with all the transport needs of the country. But if we work in conjunction with one another, there's no problem. We can work in harmony with one another. In fact, Patka does not have an issue with the tax industry. Mm. You know, yes, we'll compete on certain routes, etc., etc. But it's important that the taxi industry needs to be regulated in the same manner that the public bus transport operators are regulated, mm. the train systems are regulated, so that we can compete to get, not compete, so we can collaborate. I always prefer to use the word as collaboration. It's called, because competition only hurts many people, okay, mm. and in fact doesn't deliver what the public should actually have. If you have a proper collaboration between all the three modes of transport, the public is far better off. Mm. Franco, just in the last three minutes or so, give us some insight into, you know, Patco itself, the, how many buses, bus drivers you have, women empowerment within the group, how many women bus drivers you actually do have. Uh, just give us some, some, some broad oversight into, into I, Patco. Yes, I think it's a, a very important question. I think Patco, in terms of transformation, is one of the most transport, transformed bus uh, operators in South Africa. We are 42.6% black-owned. We have woman representation at the shareholder level of approximately nearly 20%. We have a number of uh, black uh, bus women, uh, black ladies who are bus drivers. We have uh, uh, community groups. We have the ZTC Church, which is a shareholder. We've got disability groups that are shareholders. So they there's a lot of misconception about Patka in terms of us not being transformed, and there's nothing further from the truth. Uh, we, uh, I transformed this company in 2005, and the then Minister of Transport or MEC for Transport called it a groundbreaking, groundbreaking uh, transaction because mm. we are we've been fully transformed. In, in some other bus companies, they've got some sort of transformation. 
and our staff, by the way. Our staff is 21% of the shares of the company. Mm. And this was all facilitated through a proper BE transaction. And we continue that, that, that representation. I mean, we have, uh, we, we're very proud of that heritage, to be honest with you. Sure. Modernization and, and, and dis, dis, disabled individuals, access to the buses. Are you playing in that space? Are you concerned about yes, that space? Absolutely. In fact, in terms of these new negotiations, we've already started the process to order specific buses which are um, friendly for people with disabilities. And we're aiming at the national standard of 2% of our fleet to be specifically um, adequated for people with disabilities, and, and we do that. And in fact, we also employ many people with disabilities in our group. Mm. Franco, it's one minute past 10 o'clock, and that's how an hour goes. Franco, I'm going to say so much insight into Podco tonight, so much insight into the bus service and, and how it works and those subsidies, and I think a, pe- a lot of people would have understood a, a, a lot, lot more on those uh, or from this particular conversation, and 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 I also have a realization, and you know, it might have been something I I just took for granted as well. I thought, and somebody asked it last week, and somebody said, you know, uh, wh- why the subsidy? Because you know, I pay the bus ticket, and don't they make money from the bus tickets? It's like, you know, they they sell bus tickets, and they and they make money from those particular bus tickets. And yeah, I totally get the whole subsidy, and it's a, and it's an international aspect. And and um, yeah, good luck with the conversa- with the with the negotiations, uh, Franco. And we'll 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 keep the conversations going. Uh, as I say, thank you very much for the opportunity, and I'm open, and we open for any discussion and clarifications, and even with other participants in the public industry. It would be public transport industry to have yeah. these conversations, which are important for. Public transport. Our passion is for public transport, and that's what that's what we are here for as an extension of government. Franco, thank you so much for the conversation tonight. Thank you so much for the opportunity. That's Franco Pisapia. Pisapia, I get it. I get it right this time. Pisapia, Franco Pisapia, managing director of Panco. Did you learn anything? Subsidies? Anything? Yeah. So many more questions to ask. Just about that Malotto Road as well. That Malotto Road. That is just as dangerous as you can get. And those Podco buses are on that particular road as well. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.